Amen. I want to turn your attention to the book of Mark, chapter 16, a very familiar passage of scripture here. These are the last words, some of the last words recorded of Jesus before his ascension into heaven. Jesus speaking to his disciples, Jesus said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. For he that is for he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they shall. In my name they shall. We just sang a song about that name. Somebody say his name for just a moment. Jesus. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. We had a, a lady, Sister Tiana, receive the Holy Ghost this morning. While, while she was praying for someone else to receive the Holy Ghost, she got the Holy Ghost. Amen. In my name they shall speak with new tongues. And they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover i didn't really get to my sermon in this morning service but the lord showed up anyhow so we'll see what happens in this service but i do want to start off at least by talking to you on the subject apostolic opportunity apostolic opportunity before you're seated would you just do me and yourself a favor and would you just lift up your hands as a sign of surrender of your heart a sign of surrender of distraction and a sign of faith that says God I'm ready to receive your word I'm ready to receive what you have for me I'm ready to receive what thus saith the Lord I receive it I respond to it God I want to be changed I want to see the demonstration of your spirit and power in this service in the name of Jesus everybody just say in the name of Jesus Jesus. Come on, say it with faith and authority. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Can we just clap our hands to the Lord for just a moment? His name is great and always greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Apostolic opportunity. I was, I was very tempted to entitle this message, this word today, something different. But I don't think I would be invited back if I had given you the, the title I had thought of. The, the title I thought of giving you was just this. I'm tired of going to church. <laughs> I don't know if Brother Johns, who, who is absent today, watching online, seeing me say, I'm tired of going to church. I don't think he's going to say, let me see if I can get that guy back. <laughs> But what I really mean by that statement is, is I'm tired of just going to church. Let me see if I've got a witness here with me by, by asking you. Well, we got a witness already. Let me just ask you if you've been feeling what I've been feeling lately. Have you been feeling like there's something more for you? There's something more for me. There's something 
more for me. I, I, I really believe. Have you ever thought, and I'm, in, I'm just going to talk for a moment. Have you thought over the last few days, weeks, months, or even the last couple of years, there's something more for me than just going to church? There's something more for me than just hearing a great sermon, than just going through the motions. There's something more for me than just being a church member, than just being a church attendee. There is something more for me. I believe that there's people here today that I'm preaching to that have felt that yearning and that drawing in your spiritual system that says God what is going on in this hour there is something more for me than just to sit on the same seat every week there's something more for me than just working 40 hours a week at a job there's something more for me than just showing up to the same place every day and paying the bills and there's something more for me than just being a robot in this life going through the systems and traditions and routines of this life there is something I'm preaching to somebody that believes there's something more for you I believe that God is opening up a door in this hour to this church a door as in the book of Revelation Jesus said that I have opened a door that no man can shut I really believe that God has opened a door of this church, a door of opportunity that nobody can shut. Not even yourself can shut this door. Not even your own failures could shut this door. Not even your own insecurities. I, I even believe not even your sin could shut this door God has opened. Your inadequacies, your deficiencies, your past. I believe that God, because of the fullness of time that we are in and because of the days that we are living, I really believe that God has just swung open a door for this group right here for this body of believers that nobody and no thing can shut. There's some opportunities that may come and go. There's some doors that may open and shut. There's certain opportunities that may shut because of time, because of age. You know, you, you, you may not always be able to do certain things because of just the time and the age that you, you become. You know, as you age, maybe God may pull you out of a certain season into another season from one opportunity to another. Because of different transitions of life, there's certain doors that will open and close at certain times. Times. Certain opportunities will come and go because of just your transition of life. But I really believe that there is a door in this hour that is open that will not close. It is an opportunity, an apostolic opportunity. Sometimes God's opportunities are disguised as opposition. In fact, in the book of Acts chapter 1, Jesus which is the same record of Mark chapter 16 because uh, Jesus, his last words are recorded by several different of the gospel writers, Matthew and Mark and Luke. They each record this, this discourse with Jesus before he ascends into heaven. And so just try to, I know it's difficult 2,000 plus years later, but just try to glean that day, this moment in time. 
These men have lived with Jesus for three years or more, and they, uh, they've seen him do amazing things. They've heard the words come from this man, that this God who is wrapped in flesh. And they've watched him feed thousands of people. They've watched him walk on water. They've watched him calm the storm. They've, they've seen him raise the dead, and now they've witnessed his own death. I mean, what, a, what, what a, uh, an amazing Three years. They've watched him die and now he's resurrected and he appears in one of their houses, just shows up, walks through the walls and says, what's for supper? And now just before he ascends into heaven, he says, I've got one more moment with you men. I've got one more chance to deliver to you the thing I really want you to know. And he doesn't tell them to go to church. He tells them, go ye into all the world, preaching the gospel to every creature. For he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not will be damned. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. If they take up serpents or drink any deadly thing it shall not harm them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These are the final words he chooses to give to them. Luke picks up on it also in Acts chapter 1 verse, uh, verses 4 through 8 when they're gathered together and then he commands them. He gives them direction. He first says, go ye into all the world. But then he says, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And then after all these three years, Miracle signs and wonders, sermons and lectures and lessons and seminars from the master Jesus. And now death, burial, and resurrection in one final sermon. And in verse 6 of Acts chapter 1, after he tells them what to do, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. They've been waiting for the baptism of the Holy Ghost for hundreds of years. And he says, guys, it's time. And they have the ignorant audacity to respond with a question that said, but Jesus, are you going to give us our politics back? Has anybody read Acts chapter one or you didn't know that was in there? Oh, the King James labels it just a little bit differently than the way I just said it. What they said was, Jesus, aren't you going to restore our kingdom at this time? Are you going to give us, the Israelites, back our government and our system and our kingdom? Aren't you going to give it back to us? Because they were under the rule of the Roman government. They were having religious oppression, religious freedoms taken from them. Political opposition. Everything that they had once done now was taken from them. And they couldn't just do what they used to do anymore because they were under the thumb of the Roman Empire. And when Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, they ask, well, aren't you at this time going to restore to us again the kingdom of Israel? Aren't you going to give us back our president, our king, our politics, our systems, our economics? Aren't you going to give it back to us so we can go back to business as usual? And Jesus says, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons that the father has put in his own power. Verse 8. 
but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Watch this now. He tells them, you're about to go into all the world preaching the gospel to every creature. And these signs will follow them that believe. He tells them miracle signs and wonders will follow you. He's not preaching to some United Pentecostal Church licensed, ordained, licensed ministers. He's preaching to a bunch of misfits, some unlearned and ignorant misfits, a, a tax collector here, a, a professional fisherman here that couldn't catch any fish. And he says, miracles, signs, and one. In fact, he says, you've seen me do some miracles. Well, wait till I leave. Because greater things shall you do. And they said, but aren't you going to give us our political system back? It's quiet in here. Maybe I will get to preach my sermon in this service. The last service, they didn't behave. I, we just had church. I, I'll get to preach my sermon in this service. I see and they, they said, but aren't you going to give us back our kingdom and, and our, our government? And Jesus said, I, I can't promise you your politics. I can't promise you your religious freedoms. I can't promise you that you'll always be able to gather in one place like this. He said, but this is what I can promise you. Verse 8, that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in, Ju ah, in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, and into the uttermost part of the earth. Isn't that amazing that they were concerned and worried about the encroachment of the world upon their system? And God said, when you get my spirit, when you get my power, I'm going to send you into their system. And suddenly, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, <laughs> they were in one mind and one place. If that scripture was written in 2021, it would say, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and the day after Pentecost, and it was also on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, Saturday and Sunday, it wasn't just the day of Pentecost where they received the Holy Ghost. It's been every day, and they weren't just in one accord and in one place. It would say they were in one accord and many places. In fact, I don't. I just. I just did a uh, a youth event, or I was actually a college student event online, just a couple weeks ago. The last two years in in Ontario, they've had this encounter event for for college students, and they gather all the college students together. and And the last two years, it's been through Zoom chat. It's been online because they can't gather together. So I preached it last year online, and I preached it just two weeks ago online, and, and I'm preaching through Zoom on, about the Holy Ghost, and I'm preaching to people that, that I, I, I've never met them. That, I, that, that's pretty normal for me, but I'm preaching. I can't hardly see them. They're, they're on their webcam, and I look, and there's over 250 people on the call wanting to hear about the Holy Ghost. And through Zoom, they're all in their homes, they're all in their cars or wherever, by themselves. There's not an altar working team to pray them through. 
And as I just preached a 20-minute sermon on the Holy Ghost and said, if you want the Holy Ghost, lift up your hands right now. And I had to teach them, you're going to begin to worship God and praise the Lord. And you're going to begin using your words. And you're going to begin loving him and worshiping him. And all of a sudden, while you're sitting there at your desk, in your home, on your bed, in your car, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost is going to begin to move. And I told them, when you get the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, I want you to type in. And tell us that you just got the Holy Ghost. Now, if that's not 2021, I don't know what is. And I didn't have anybody preaching with me that I could hear. Everybody's microphone is muted. Kind of like some of your microphones are today. <laughs> Unmute your microphone. If your neighbor is muted, just turn over and go like this to their shoulders. Say, hey, unmute for a second. And I'm preaching. I ain't getting no feedback. But I knew I was preaching good because I was preaching the Holy Ghost. And I said, now lift up your hands and begin to worship God. And in just a few minutes, here came somebody typing in the chat room. I just started speaking. I just got the Holy Ghost. I just was speaking in tongues. I got the Holy Ghost. They're still trying to figure out how many of those people receive the Holy Ghost. They're still making phone calls. They were calling them the moment they would type in the chat room. Somebody would call them and say, what happened? Well, I don't really know exactly what happened. But while I was worshiping God, all of a sudden, I began to speak things I've never spoken before. I wish somebody would let God expand your vision, expand your faith, expand your expectation. We're about to see the greatest harvest that this world has ever seen. Just lift your hands right now and just pray in the Holy Ghost for people to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. You know what's real unique about these duplicate services? You know what's real unique about these? First of all, it's just weird. I'm trying not to look at the people... That were here in the first service. Try not to look at them. Because I have the tendency, you know, you want to say, I said this this morning. You know, I told them this morning. And then I thought, what if there's tongues interpretation in the first service? Didn't it, do we need to plan that in the second service? <laughs> you know, what, what if the Spirit of God moves like this? Does it have to move like that in the second service? And it never does. There's always like a different flow of the Spirit in it's amazing. What was amazing last week is we had a lady, might have been one of you, I don't know. And she began, in the first service, began to give a prayer of tongues out. And everybody got quiet because, it, they, you know, it, might, it sounded almost like it was tongues of interpretation, but it wasn't. The Lord spoke to me and said, I'm using her to give the tongues of intercession. He said, my spirit is reaching out, interceding for people right now. I'm reaching for people right now. And then what was amazing is in the second service, we did have tongues in interpretation. 
It's just like, my goodness. There's one time I was preaching, and there's a, lots of, there's a whole lot of churches right now having to do duplicate services because of the, the rapid growth, and they don't have the space, just like this church. Sir, uh, church. They don't have the space to, to meet the demands of the growth, and that's a great problem to have. And there's a couple churches that I go to that are now having to do three services. There's one of them that's doing like three services in the morning, and then they still have Sunday night church, and they don't pay me anymore. Same offer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I was at one church one time just a few months ago. And I was up there in the morning service and the prophetic word of God began to move. His anointing, prophetic anointing began to move. I felt prophecy come over me. And I told them, I said, I, I've never been in this area. This is my first time at your church. I said, but the Lord just told me that there's people in the neighborhoods surrounding this area that are having dreams, God dreams. God is giving them dreams and they don't know what they mean. They wake up perplexed and thinking, what is this all about? I said, people are having dreams of them receiving the Holy Ghost in their, in their sleep. And I said, they're looking for the answer. That's why Joel chapter 3 talks about we got to get down to the valley of decision. So that God can swing his sickle. That's a whole nother sermon. But literally Joel chapter 3 it says. We've got to go to the valley of decision. Where they are. Because they're in a valley. Where they've got to make a decision. And if we'll go to where they are in the valley of decision. And tell them what these dreams are about. And tell them what these feelings are about. And it says then God can swing his sickle. That's the tool of harvest. We're talking about fall harvest. Right brother Joel? Is that right? We're talking about harvest time. Yeah. Well, how is God going to swing his sickle to people that don't understand what's going on? Well, I said that in the first service. And I told them in the first service at this church, okay, at duplicate services, I told them, I said, people are having dreams in this neighborhood right now. In the second service, the Holy Ghost just exploded. And I didn't even get to preach or nothing. I, I did go up to the pulpit and, and I said, man, we need to worship. And when I said we need to worship, they just went crazy. God stepped in. You could feel angels just marching through that place. I said, there's no need for me to preach. I said, God wants to heal right now. God wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost right now. And I said, if you want healing or you want to receive the Holy Ghost, I want you to come up to the altar right now. And I remember I had seen a lady in the back. She was at the second service, not in the first one, at the second service. She was sitting in the back, and she had been sitting like this for the several minutes I was up there. And she just wouldn't move. She wouldn't even stand. Everybody else is standing. But when I said, God wants to give someone the Holy Ghost right now, she stood up and unfolded her arms. And she was the first person down to the altar. And she came and stood right here. And, and Sister Gaddy, she came over and began to pray for this lady. And the moment she laid hands on her, she received the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and she must have prayed in the Holy Ghost for 20 or 30 minutes. And when she was done, she, she began to tell Sister Gaddy, the, Brother Gaddy's wife, the pastor's wife. And she began to tell her, she said, this is so bizarre. This is amazing. Not just that I received the Holy Ghost. She said, but the reason why I came here today is because I've been having dreams. I've been having dreams of me standing in a church I've never been to before. Standing right here. While you prayed for me and I would receive the Holy Spirit of God in my dreams.
She wasn't in the first service when the Lord prophesied. There's people in these neighborhoods in this region right here having dreams of receiving the Holy Ghost, being baptized. But she was in the second service and she was the confirmation of that prophecy in the first service. I didn't plan to tell this, but I'm telling you what. The reason why I stopped to tell you that story is because I feel the same thing I felt there in Arkansas. I feel there's people in these city streets. Uh, there's people all around this area that they have no idea. They think they had too much cinnamon toast crunch for supper. They think they ate too much sugar. They think they drank one too many Mountain Dews or something because they go to sleep and all of a sudden there's just this movie uh, in, in, in front of their imagination while they're dreaming and they're seeing things that they've never heard of they're seeing things that they can't even imagine they're seeing themselves uh, being filled with the fire of God's spirit and they cannot explain it you don't believe me I can feel unbelief in this house. I want you to lift up your hands right now. And I want you to just begin to say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, the word of God says that your perfect love will cast out all fear. So I pray that you would release the spirit of your love in this service. It's happening. I can feel it. I can feel it. It's happening. There are people that God is reaching for. There are people that God wants to awaken in this hour. Let me help you believe. I may have shared part of this before, but it's been like a year and a, eight months since I was here. So I don't know. You probably don't remember. So let me, let me just help you believe, okay? I, I, was, I was at another church one time. I, I may not get to all those scriptures I gave you guys. I gave them 185 verses. If they stay like this, we'll probably get to them. I'm kidding. I'm just messing with y'all. I, I, I'm starting to feel more at home. And maybe it's because pastor's gone. I feel like myself. I don't have to, no pressure today. Our little sister pastor's here. I was at a church. We had we had quite a few people receive the Holy Ghost that morning. It was amazing, and uh, I was tired. I was done. People are starting to be dismissed, and I grab my things and I'm walking away. and And pastor, the pastor of the church grabs me and he says, "Hey, there's these two young ladies over here. Can you go pray with them? I feel like you need to go pray with." Them. Of course, and I went down. And as I got closer to them, I could see pain and grief and loneliness on their posture. You could just see it on them. And, but as I got closer, I felt the thing that I know. I felt hunger. I felt desperation. I felt that, that thirst for God that they may not even understand, but there was something longing for God. I went up to them, and I, I wanted to pray for them, and both of them received the Holy Ghost before I could even lay hand, a hand on them and pray for them. They were speaking in tongues, receiving the Holy Ghost. They were two teenage girls that had never been in church in their entire life, and, and I, I didn't even have time to pray. I started to go, go down to pray for them, and they received the Holy Ghost before I even got there, and then we baptized them in the name of Jesus. 
Jesus. And I waited for them. And when they came out, I, I said, I got to talk to you. I, I need to know your testimony. And I, see, I, I feel like I've told this here before, but for whatever reason, this is for somebody here. And I got their attention and I said, I want to hear your testimony. And they said, what testimony? I said, well, your story that got you here. See, everything up until this point used to be a story of shame and depression and guilt and insecurity. But now it's a testimony. And they said, okay, well, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, they said, we're sisters. And they said, well, we're, we're technically foster sisters, but we're sisters. They said, we, just, we both have been put in this foster home over the last couple weeks. The first girl told me, she was 17 years old. She said, I took my own life a couple of months ago. I committed suicide. She said the ambulance got there just in time to resuscitate my body. And she said they took me to the hospital. She said I was there for 10 days. When they called my mom to come pick me up, my mom said, I don't want anything to do with her. I, I don't want, I, you can do whatever you want. She's not my daughter anymore. She said the sheriff had to come and pick me up and took me to a foster home in the county. She said, but I ran and I ran and I ran and I ran. She said, I, I left seven different foster homes over the last uh, two months. She said, they just put me in this foster home this last week. She said, we're sisters. The next girl said, she said, well, a few months ago, my father was put in prison for murder. She said, that day my mom left us. And, and we, we, we thought, me and my brother thought, well, maybe she just needs a break. She needs a vacation. You know, I don't know. Maybe she just needs some time off. She'll be back in a few days. We waited a few days. She didn't come. We waited a few weeks. She didn't come. She said, we began to get lonely and depressed and upset. My father's in prison. My mom left us with no note, no, no nothing. Just left us and hasn't come back. And. She said, one morning I woke up and I went to get my brother up for school and I walked in and there I found him dead. He had committed suicide, taken his own life. She said, so the, I called 911 and they ended up putting me in a foster home and now we're sisters. She said, this morning, this morning, uh, we've never gone to church before, but this morning our foster mom, who also doesn't go to, go to church, walked in our room, opened the door and said, girls, get up. We're going to go find Jesus. The girl said, find Jesus. Our mom doesn't even, she doesn't even go to church. So they got up, they got dressed, they got in the car, and they said, Mom, what are you, what are you talking about? We're going to go find Jesus. You don't go to church. I mean, you're not religious. Where are we going to go to church? And she said, I don't know, but God's going to take us to the right place. They began to pray, and God brought them to that church. And all three of them were filled with the Holy Ghost and were baptized in Jesus' name. I just have felt... An intervention of the Spirit of the Lord to tell you that God is reaching for people beyond our capability. Uh, nobody was connected to them. There was nobody to knock their door, nobody to give them a Bible study, but the Spirit of the Lord, <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord was reaching for them, was giving them this desire, this mother, the desire to go find Jesus. I remember preaching. I'll tell this. I probably told this here, but I, I just don't care. I, I feel to tell you with this. I, I remember preaching uh, outside of Houston, and I remember that altar call another time that people received the Holy Ghost. Had probably seven or eight different people received the Holy Ghost that day, and and as I was leaving that service, I was walking out, and somebody hollered my name, and I turned around, and it was a young man and in his mid-20s or so, and he said, Brother, I need to talk to you, and he was one of the ones that had received the Holy Ghost. I said, Of course. What's up, man? He said, I need to tell you about my family. He pointed to his dad who was standing there. He said, My dad is a Greek Orthodox man. He pointed to his
his mom who was standing there. He said, she's Roman Catholic. He pointed to his wife and his sister, and he said, we're from India. We just moved here. He said, when we got here to the States two months ago or three months ago, he said, I began having dreams that I cannot explain. He said, I wanted to share these dreams with my dad, but I was reluctant because he, he may get angry and confused, misunderstand or whatever. And he said, but after I was having these dreams so often and, and they were reoccurring dreams, I, I finally worked up the nerve to tell my dad. And I said, dad, this is the dream I'm having. He said, to my surprise, my dad looked at me across the breakfast table and said, son, I've been having the same exact dream. I said, well, what is this dream? He said, well, it's hard to explain it. But he said, in this dream, I'm with my family at church. And he said, it's a church we've never been to before. And while we're there at church, all of a sudden from, from the sky, this fire comes down from heaven. And it comes into the building. And when it gets in the building, it surrounds the building. This is his words. He said, and it begins to move in a circular motion like a wind out of control. When he said that, I heard rushing mighty wind. He said the fire fills the whole building and it moves like a wind out of control. <laughs> he said, but what was so amazing is when it would show up, people would begin reaching for this fire. He said, and when they would reach for the fire, the fire would consume them. He said, but it wouldn't kill them. He said they would start jumping and start dancing and start shouting. You want to know how you're on fire for God? <laughs> See, when you just touch a stove, you can't stay there. When you get the fire, you can't stay seated. You can't stay silent. You can't stay stagnant. When you really get the fire of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to tell you what. When you really get the fire of the, like Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I can't help it. It moves me. It controls me. I got to move. I got to dance. I got to shout. I've got a fire in my bones he said my dad told me I've been having the same exact dream Greek Orthodox Roman Catholic India from India God's been giving them these dreams he said well son maybe we should go find this fire he said, we've been to seven different churches in the last few weeks. Couldn't find it. He said, when we came here, they sat towards the back to my left. He said, when y'all began singing, he said, I looked down. I had goosebumps on my arms. He said, next thing I knew, like my buddy, he's not, he was here this morning, Brother Rodney. Brother Rodney was here. He said, man, I know God's here because I never cry, and I'm crying like crazy. That's what this Indian man said, this young boy. He said, I'm, I've been crying. I've been feeling something. He said, I thought maybe this is the place. He said, then you got up to preach and said, today I'm going to preach on the fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he 
He said, when you told us your title, I thought this really might be the place. He said, and while you were preaching, I saw my whole family just urging and yearning. We were feeling something we had never felt. That's why they were the first ones down on the altar. When I said, come, they came running down to the altar. He said, when you laid your hand on my sister's head, I looked over at her and she was speaking in tongues. He said, I elbowed my dad and said, dad, we found the fire. We found the you're going to have to pardon me for a second. You know why? Because we found the fire. Ah, we. Some of you, you were looking for hope at the bottom of a bottle. You were looking for deliverance with a drug. You were looking for help. With, ah, but you couldn't find it until you found the fire of the Holy Ghost. My God, my God, my God. I wish that fire would find us again right now. I wish the fire would fall right now. I wish the Holy Ghost would pour out on this place and overwhelm us. The greatest prophet that ever lived, John the Baptist said, there's one who's coming after me that's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm unworthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We've got to have that baptism today. We've got to have that power today. We've got to have the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. I wish you would just lift up your hands for a moment and just let out a voice that would say unto God, I want the fire. This is where the fire will fall. I will be an altar for the fire of God to fall. I'm tired of just going to church. I want the fire to fall. 
I gotta have the fire. I gotta have your spirit, God. I won't make it just singing another song. I won't make it just hearing another sermon. I won't make it just attending another service. I won't make it. I want the fire. I want the fire. I've gotta have the fire. My family needs it. This world needs it. I wanna be a vessel full of fire. I feel that prophetic wind blowing in this place right now. I prophesy, get ready, because the fire of the Lord is about to fall in Atlanta. The fire of the Lord is about to fall all over this city, all over this region, all over this nation. The fire, the fire, the fire of God is about to fall. We gotta get ready. It's coming. Somebody just do what you feel to do right now. Just do what you feel to do. What is the voice of God saying to do in your spirit? What is the voice of God speaking to you right now? You ought to respond with faith and say, here I come. Here I am. I'm ready for the fire. just a few moments uh, and just build an altar uh, where the fire can fall right now. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just begin to build an altar where the fire of God can fall. It's about to fall. It's about to fall. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. Behold, these are the last days. And God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh.
Yes, 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 yes. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I hear the sound of a rushing mighty wind. I hear the sound of the saith the Lord, the voice of God speaking to a people ready for the fire of God's spirit. Holy Spirit, blow through this house now. Now, 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 God, let your spirit pour out. my friends on the media team can you please put up a verse of scripture on the screen I want you to put up 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 1 2nd Chronicles 7 and verse 1 Let me tell you, I don't, have a, I don't have notes of what I preached a year and seven or eight months ago, but I felt the Lord just quicken in my spirit, and I know I remember exactly what I remember. I remember exactly what I preached here on March the 15th of 2020. Why don't you listen for just a second? On March the 15th, 2020... There's probably about 60, 70% of the crowd here because there had been an outbreak, the, the pandemic, and it was the last service this church had together. Man, I feel a witness in my spirit right now. It was the last service that this church had together in the same building in one mind in one place. From there, you had to scramble to figure out what to do. And I haven't been here since that time, other than last Sunday. Felt the Lord prepared us last Sunday for an outpouring of His Spirit today. And I felt quickened in my spirit the memory of what I preached last time. And I preached about this place. Somebody say, This place. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1 says. When Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven. Yes. 
and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Verse 2, and the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord. Now, had I known in March 15th, 2020, that we were about to be quarantined and couldn't go in the church, I really would have preached this verse right here. Because it says that due to God's plans, due to God's interruption, the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Priest showed up for Sunday church. Who's preaching? Who's singing? Who's usher? Okay. They get to church and couldn't get in. They opened the door and said, oh my. Well, don't look like we'll be having boring church today, guys. Sorry, we can't do your solo and your three songs and your little traditional stuff. And we can't sit in our normal seats. God showed up. And when all the children of Israel saw, it wasn't just for the priest. The children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house. They bowed themselves with their faces to the ground on the pavement and complained because they couldn't have church together. No. It says they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, we can't sit in our assigned seats and sing our our premeditated songs, uh, but we can still do this for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. Watch this. Next verse. Then the king and all the people, not just the leadership, but the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. When they were pushed out of their building, they said, let's give God a sacrifice. Let's put our faces on the pavement. Let's get into an uncomfortable posture of praise and say, God... Don't get to have church as usual, but you're still good. And your mercy still endureth forever. So watch what God did in verse 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place and have chosen This place for what? He said, for myself. Did I choose this place for a good Sunday service? No. Did I choose this place for great singing and great programs? No. I chose it for me. Do you mind if I choose this place for my dwelling house? Now watch. Here's the connection to us today. God was talking about a man-made temple that they had built and constructed together. But Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and you are not your own, but you were bought with a price. (laughs) See, God looked at Solomon and said, uh, 
hey, I saw your sacrifice. I saw your worship. So I'm going to fill it with my spirit and fire because I'm choosing it for myself. But in the New Testament, it's not going to be a building. It's going to be a person. When I see their worship, when I see their sacrifice, my fire is going to fall and fill my temple. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to hear the word of God. God is speaking to you right now saying, I've chosen this place. This place. I want you to take one of your hands. I want you to put it over your chest right now. And I want you to say this place. He's chosen this place. This place. What am I doing Allowing fear. What am I doing allowing fear to rob me? What am I allowing anxiety to distract me? Why am I allowing the things of this world to fill me up? When God said, I chose you. I bought you with a price. I purchased you with my life. Now, open your heart and let my fire fall. Let my fire come in. Let my fire consume you let my fire overwhelm you let my fire lead you we're gonna pray right now for our musicians that they want to come before we go into prayer praise worship and the fire will fall before we go there I want to tell you God has been reaching Giving desire, giving dreams to people you've never even met around this area. Looking for the thing we've got right here. Is there anybody in this room that has never received the gift of God's Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? If you've never received that experience, your promise that God gave to you, he promised it that you can have the gift of his spirit. If you've never had that experience, some of you might be saying, I think I have. I'm not sure if I have. If you don't know for sure, if you can't point to the date on the calendar and to the place where you were, then you probably haven't received it because when you receive it, you'll remember it. You'll know it. It'll be a memorial for the rest of your life. If you... If you have never experienced the gift of God's Holy Spirit coming down and filling you up and there being that biblical evidence of speaking in other tongues, would you just raise a hand very quickly? Because we just want to pray with you. We're not going to drag you up here. We'll come find you. There's a brother back here. He may be one of our brothers can go find this man right here with a suit and a red tie. He's got his hands lifted. He could just be worshiping. Is there anybody, anybody that's never received this gift? There's a lady praying here. Is there anybody that's never received this gift? You've never experienced the fire of God's spirit coming down and dwelling inside of you. Is there anybody here today? Would you just raise a hand? Just raise a hand. I'm going to give you just another moment. Just raise a hand if you've never experienced it. I need a, Can you help me? Yes. 
There's a, a lady here in the very back. Need a couple of our ladies. There's a lady in the very back next to the media booth right over here. If we can go stand next to her. There's somebody over here, right here. Amen. Amen. There's somebody right back here. If a couple of men can just go right back here. And you just invite them to step out and say, hey, we're going to pray with you. Don't pray yet. We're going to pray together. Don't pray yet. We're going to pray together. Amen. Is there anybody else? We just don't want to miss you. We don't want to overlook anybody today. If you are aware of somebody that's here that hasn't received this gift, when we begin to pray in just a moment, I just want you to go to them kindly like an apostolic would do and just go to them and say, can I pray with you? God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost today. That's all you have to do. And when you, if they say yes, you just tell them, lift up your hands. And when I lay my hand upon your head, you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you just lay your hand on their head and say, in the name of Jesus, receive ye the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if our church body can just press into this altar right now. I want you to come. I feel a drawing of the Lord in this place. And I want you to respond to it right now. I want you to come. I feel hunger in this room. Jesus said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know what? When I stepped into this pulpit, as you're coming, I'm just kind of talking on, in the space of time that it's taken you to get in this altar. So come quickly. But when I stepped into this altar, I heard the word purity come to me. There's a purity here. There's a pureness of worship. There's a pureness of desire. Do you know where purity comes from? It comes from fire. That's what fire does. It purifies things. Do you know what's so special and unique and powerful about purity? Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, he didn't give us the promise like, the others that they shall inherit, inherit the earth. They shall have this blessing. They shall have that gift. They shall have this abundance. He just said, when you're purified, that's when you'll see God. What I would like to do in this altar call today is for there to be a pursuit to see God. I have needs just like you. God, I need this taken care of. I need this situation resolved. I need this situation healed. I need this sickness delivered. I need this addiction taken care of. I need this problem here. I wonder what would happen if we said, I just want to see God. I want to see God. <laughs> I want to see God. I want to see God. I want to see your glory. I want to see your power. I want to see your presence and your holiness. I want to see your love, Lord. I want to see God. Is there anybody here that's feeling what I'm speaking right now? I just want to see God. I just want to see God. I just want to see God. This is what we're going to do. I want you to lift up your hands. Everybody, those who are seeking to receive the Holy Ghost, just lift your hands up. I want you to close your eyes. The first thing I want you to see in your imagination is, I want you to see the desire and your hunger 
to go after God with everything that you've got. A reckless abandonment of my past, my desires, everything else is for naught. Everything else is in vain. If I just can't see God, I want to see God. So what you're doing is, is you're seeing a surrender of yourself. You're seeing a surrender of yourself. But secondly, you are seeing God's response to your prayers and your sacrifice. You are seeing in your spirit the fire of God falling upon you. And this is what we're going to do. Everybody listen. All hands are raised. All eyes are closed. I'm just going to pray the prayer of faith over this church. For the fire of God to fall upon you. When I say in the name of Jesus, I want somebody to begin to shout as loud as you can. When I say in the name of Jesus, I want somebody to begin to shout as loud as you can. And hear me, this is the word of the Lord. As soon as you feel the fire of God fall upon you, and you begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance, I want you to obey the Holy Ghost. And I want you to find somebody to lay your hand upon and begin to pray with them and partner with them until the fire of the Lord falls upon them, their family, their need. Are you ready? Somebody shout yes. When I say his name, you're going to release your shot. By the authority of the word of God, and by the power of your holy name, I release the gift of faith. I release the gift of faith. I release the gift of faith. Let your fire fall upon this great assembly today in the name of Jesus. Would you shout and lift up your voice and receive the fire of the Holy Ghost now. That's it. That's it. Be filled. Be overwhelmed. My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. Be filled. Be filled with the fire of God. Come on, that's it. When you get it, I want you to obey the Holy Ghost. Find somebody and pray with him right now. Right now. Right now. Go. 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 Come on, men of God. Go and find somebody to lay your hand upon. Come on, women of God. Come on, apostolic women of God. Go and find somebody to lay your hand upon for the fire of God's Spirit.
That's it. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and receive the fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> 